0: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And as always, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And on today's episode, we will be discussing Nazem Kadri yet again and how there is uh, kind of a lot of chatter out there for the ABS to quickly go re-sign him. He's in the last year of his deal, and a lot of people maybe are jumping the gun thinking that the ABS need to lock him up long term. I'm, I'm not against it. But why we need to pump the brakes on that just a little bit. Uh, we will also get to some listener questions that I threw out on Instagram. Some good questions there that we will get to and look at the Avalanche and Anaheim Ducks. A big game for Colorado. All of that and wherever else it takes us, Locked on Avalanche can be found on the social media world L O P N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, opinions, go to lockdownavalanche at gmail.com and follow the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. So Nazem Kadri, it's amazing to see when you're looking at the leaders in the league for points, him being up there with the, you know, Connor McDavid's and Leon Drysides. Does any of us really expect him to stay there? No. Uh, but you do, this is what you do in sports. You ride the hot hand. Right now, he's that guy for the abs. No question about it. And <clears throat> kind of word was going around online, and I think even Adrian Data wrote a, a column about it on how they should lock up uh, Nazem Kadri and Darcy Kemper right now. And there's, it, first of all, is it not amazing how we have gone from Nazem Kadri being the whipping boy? And there were so many reasons why the abs fell apart in the postseason last year, but kind of putting the blame on him for his suspension right up there at the top to now being the second coming of Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> uh you know it's amazing how all you got to do is just keep your nose clean for a little while put up some good numbers and everybody forgets about what you did in the past i'm in the camp where that suspension was too much i'm not saying you know i'm not we're all rooting for him being an av- on the avalanche side of things you're all rooting for nazim kadri uh the other 31 teams in the league can't stand what he's doing right now maybe 30 cuz i'm sure there's still some toronto maple leaf fans who still root for the guy but the bottom line is you have to get through this season with him for a number of reasons you have to see how this entire season pans out for him not just in the numbers department you do want to see that you do want to see where he ends up numbers wise he's on pace for a career year and at 31 years old for a guy that you know, is, is not typically producing at the level he is right now, which is why you don't expect it to continue, but you expect him to to still be a force on the team, but just not scoring at this clip. I think his expected goals the other day was like 1.44. That's McDavid and dry side level. So it's no surprise he's up there with those guys, but you want to see him get through a season where you know, you put the full season, the, the totality of the season together, and and how did he have any lows? Look what happened last year. Another thing that we forget. The end of the year last year, he went something teen games with nothing, with no points whatsoever. So, but this is the up and down of a season. He, you know, this hot streak for him is going to come to an end. But you want to see how quickly, like if he goes two, three, four games. Like, he's already done this year, uh, not scoring. What does he do? Does he do what he, he did after, I think it was four games earlier this year. I think he scored in the first two games, and then he went four games where he didn't. And now he's on this streak. So the next time he hits a lull of two, three, four games in a row with nothing, can he not replicate what he's doing now? That, that's a big ask. You're not asking him to do that. Just get back on track. Can he do that quicker? And not go the 14, 15, 16 games, whatever it was last year, that he went with nothing. So you want to see all that, and then you have to see what happens in the playoffs. And I am not saying what he did in the playoffs last year uh, warranted that suspension. I don't think he was attempting to knock, uh, I can't remember who it was now, out. Um, it. I think it was just bad timing. He clearly was going for a check hit him in the head and we get what we get. But now if that happens again, if it happens where it's, it's accidental, but he accidentally knocks a guy out, he's out for even longer. Can the avalanche take that on going into a brand new contract? This is not just for another year. You are now going to sign him for what he's going to be 31. I don't know what his birthday is. So he's going to be saying 32 years old. What are you going to sign him to? Are you going to sign him to a a three year deal, a four year deal that takes him till he's thirty six years old, and at what cost? He's four and a half right now. If he if he outperforms, if he keeps on this clip, he's going to ask for maybe even more money, and the Avalanche don't have it to throw around. So it could be one of those things where he's happy in Colorado, so he takes the same or maybe even a little bit less. Those are all logistics that need to get figured out down the road in the offseason. You don't go sign Nazem Kadri right now. One, because he is 31 years old. Even though he is performing incredibly this year, it's November. You want to see him do that for the, the duration of the season as best as he can and you want him to get through and the entirety of the season and the entirety of the playoffs without that creepy S-word creeping up on him with suspension. And again, I'm not saying he he's gonna, he's going to go out there <clears throat> and do something egregious. I'm just saying he's a marked man now. And that is something the Avalanche have to ask themselves if they want to keep that. And even if he doesn't, if he goes through the rest of this year and is a saint – which he has been for the most part on the avalanche. He really has been very well behaved. Still gets his penalty minutes because that's how he plays. he has been pretty well behaved. Even if he gets through this, the rest of this season, no harm, no foul does pl- plays the game the right way. And they do sign him for another three year deal. You're you still have that monkey on your back for the next three years. It's, it's crappy but that's the reality of the situation that you have in Nazem Kadri. He is one hit away, intentional or not, from a lengthy suspension and if it happens in the playoffs, you can't have that. That's why Toronto got rid of him in the first place. They didn't want to, but they couldn't keep having him hurt them in the playoffs. So for 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 that reason, I'm holding off on sign, on signing Nazem Kadri Right now, Uh, you know, since since he's come to the abs, he's he's been everything that they have wanted him to be when they traded for him. And I do. I think they they would like to bring him back. The dollar amount has to be right. The term has to be right. And, uh, you know, you have to kind of protect yourself because that follows him around fairly or unfairly. Um and then he did mention, just going off of data. Data not the only one that's talking about this. A lot of people are saying sign cadre now, and this is kind of like the knee jerk reactions that we get when a player is playing well. As far as Kemper, um, I- I'm, I'm liking how he's playing and a lot of people want to jump on him unfairly. He had a bad game. Goalies are going to have bad games. I don't know if you know that people who are complaining uh but who are you gonna come uh re- replace him with i don't know but whoever you do replace him with that guy's gonna have a bad game and I, I just get a kick out of people who are silent for you know the the four three four games in a row that he plays well and then on that fifth game they are ready to pounce and they're slapping the keyboard or hitting their hitting their phone Uh, jumping on social media, get rid of Kemper. It's falling on deaf ears. So Kadri is the one that we're focusing on right now. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him play in this mode. And, uh, you know, we're all big fans of his. So you want to see him continue this. And he's doing it clearly while, you know, you have JT Comper and Nathan McKinnon out. Which is, that's the question you ask when, when guys like McKinnon are out. Who's going to step up? And this time around, it's Nazem Kadri. So let's see what he can do against Anaheim. Um, all right, let's hear from Bilt Bar. And then we'll get to some listener questions for, uh, for the day. Some good ones coming from Instagram. But Bilt Bar Thanksgiving is upon us, and I love Thanksgiving just as much as everybody else, and I think I love the dessert menu just like everybody else. But if you are someone who is wanting to get their diet in order and maybe start some new resolutions early, introduce Bilt Bar into your diet. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie can contain upwards of 300 calories for one slice on the low end, where most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories with only 4 grams of sugar and plenty of protein. They're low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high in protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. And Bilt Bar is a great option for whenever you are hungry throughout the day and check out builtbar.com on black friday they're going to have some really good black friday deals maybe introducing a new flavor or two or bringing back a flavor or two so go to builtbar.com right now use the promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off of your order once again that promo code is locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com so listener questions, I threw it up on Instagram. You kind of get some more feedback on, on Instagram than you do for, for Twitter when you're asking about poll questions or just questions in general. So um, some, some so if you're not following on, on Instagram, I'm probably going to start doing it on there on a weekly basis. So follow me on Instagram if you're not on there. Just search for Lockdown Avalanche. And it's in the stories. You can, you know, in the stories, you can put up the poll or not. It's not a poll, it's just a question. You can ask the question right into the story mode. So uh, we'll get to most of these. I think we can get through most of them. And I think, do they give me the the, the person's name? I don't know if I have the name in front of me. I'm sorry. If, uh, but if you're listening and you, you know, you asked the question. Uh, and the first one obviously is about trades. <laughs> do you think the abs will go after any specific player in the trade deadline. And I'm going to combine this with another question that was asked um, a little bit later. And do you think that Bo Horvat or JT Miller could be possible trade targets for the Avalanche? I don't know who the Avs could be targeting right now. It's it's really early for to get player-specific because you don't start hearing names until a month or two before the trade deadline when teams really know where they stand when your team like Vancouver, I think you kind of know where you stand right now. The season hasn't gone the way it, that you wanted it to go. So that's a team that's fair that you can maybe throw out a guy like Horvat and, and Miller and say, <clears throat> would the abs be up for them? We'll get to them in a second, but for a league wide thing, it's tough to say, you know, you, you, but you do, you look at teams like Vancouver, I don't think Ottawa is not a big player because Ottawa is obviously building something, so they don't want to give up assets. They want to gain some, but they're not going to be a buyer in the market. Uh, You know, Seattle, Seattle will probably Seattle kind of planned for this. They kind of planned to to not be uh, at the upper echelon of the league and kind of be bottom dwelling and trade away players and and hoard picks. Seattle could be a a I don't know if I am gonna say big, but definitely a player. Do you look at anybody on that team? And immediately you're going to think, oh, we'll bring back Jonas Donskoy. You know, then you have to get in the money situation. And the money situation for the avalanche is very, very tight. So, and this is why they couldn't bring in Eichel. Because Buffalo was refusing to retain salary. So, whatever happens. You know, some salary is going to need to be retained, or it's got to be money coming in, money going out, because, you know, the prospects don't go against the cap. So it's, it's not that, that aren't on your active roster. So that's not, that's not really going to affect your, your bottom line. Could someone like, I don't think Vancouver will, will move Horvat. He's their captain. You know, when, if you're in rebuild mode, you have to rebuild with some of the players that you have on your team and you have to have some core and he's part of that. I don't know the dynamic between Horvat and the front office. It seems like it's okay. He has another year after this year on his contract. So it's not a necessity that they trade him this year to get some value for him if they don't think that they're going to sign him, but they could definitely, uh, maybe entertain it. I don't think it happens. And then you'll hear pay attention next year. If you start hearing things about them, you know, trying to get a deal done for him with that during that last year for an extension and they're having struggles, then you might start hearing people creep in saying like oh, having a tough time signing him. We'll we'll give you some, you know, draft picks or prospects for him if you feel like you can't sign him. So I don't think it's going to happen this year. Miller could happen. JT Miller could happen. There will be a lot of people who would want his services. He's making about the same as Horvat. I think he's making 5.5. I actually have it right here. 5.25. Horvat is making 5.5, and Miller is making 5.25. I think the Avalanche would take that on. But what do you give up? You know, you'd have to give up some salary or get a third team involved somehow. Um, And the Avs lack draft capital. They, they, you know, have given up a lot of picks. Last year was, you know, they didn't have a lot. Um, Going into this year, they don't have a first, they don't have a second, and they don't have a fourth. So this year is going to be a light draft. And how far down the road do you give up draft picks? For next year, you're just losing a fourth in, in 2023. You don't want to start just give, giving up first and second round picks left and right. And even though you've been the beneficiary of taking in a lot of prospects, you don't just want to give away your, your top round draft picks just like it's Halloween candy. You don't want to do that if you're the Avs. So they're going to have to get get creative. These are not the days for the avalanche of the Pierre Lacroix where you know know that we're going to be involved and make a splash and make a blockbuster move. This avalanche team does not do that with Joe Sackick, and I don't think they can do that. So, But they will try. I can almost guarantee you that they will try to make this happen. Um, What else we got? Where's my questions here? All right. Um, What guys will be sent down once McKinnon, Comper, and Byram return? It's almost a guarantee that Kiefer Sherwood and Jason Megna will get sent down back to the Colorado Eagles. What happens when Byram returns is a good question. When, when Byram was there, when they're almost fully healthy with uh, Cal McCarr back, you did not see Ryan Murray on the ice. And the way Jack Johnson is playing, he has warranted a roster spot. So those are, are your six between Byram, the two Johnsons, Byron and Gerard, Taves and Makar, and Ryan Murray goes on the active roster, and Curtis McDermott, bye. I don't know where they're going to put him. They could send him to the AHL or, or release him or trade him. But he's probably not even tradable. So I think that is what happens with your roster spots when those three guys return, which should be soon. Seems like Bo Byram could possibly play this Saturday, so we'll see. Uh, here's a good one: thoughts on what happens to the Avs team team's history if the Quebec Nordiques end up being a thing. And if you haven't heard, Gary Bettman apparently was going up to Quebec to to talk to people up there about bringing hockey back to Quebec. Now this would have to be a relocation. The NHL is done expanding. The NHL is not expanding to 33 teams because then they would have to expand to 34 teams. You don't want an odd numbered, uh, league. So, and and they've, they've said, you know, they're done after Seattle. So it would have to be a relocation, and everybody wants to point to Arizona as the team that would relocate. I don't see that happening. Um, I've even talked to Robin Leano, who hosts Locked on Coyotes, and, and he has a, a co-host now, and I don't know what, what, it, what his name is, but uh, they talk about it a lot, and they talk to me about it, and they don't feel like Arizona is going anywhere. And just because they the arena kind of kicked, it was kicking them out, uh, does not mean that the state is going to kick them out. They will find another place in Arizona. I don't think the Coyotes are going anywhere. So then who else? And even if they did, then you have to realign the entire league because now they're going from the West Coast to the East Coast. It would just be kind of a disaster if that were to happen. So who? what other team is available that you would think would relocate. Nobody stands out to me, especially on the East Coast, from the Central to the East Coast. I don't, I don't know how they would make this happen. But as far as the history for the Avalanche, I don't think it would affect it that much because the team that, if a team would go there, it is a relocating team. So let's just say it is Arizona. First of all, Arizona would have to be okay with you know changing their name to the Quebec Nordiques. And if they did, there's still, you know, I think a lot of people would still look at them as the Arizona Coyotes who moved to Quebec, obviously. And I don't think it would affect the avalanche and their standing as the former Quebec Nordique team. It's been 25 years since that move. Nobody's been in Quebec since then. And because of that, the avalanche and Quebec are kind of, I don't want to say synonymous, but when you think of one, you do think of the other. So I don't, in the long run, I don't think it really would affect it that much in terms of people forgetting that the Avalanche came from Quebec or the history that the Avalanche have with the Quebec Nordiques. But like I said in the response, for the people of Quebec, they would love it. They would embrace a new team if they renamed them to the Nordiques, and that would be their Nordiques. And the nostalgia factor would be off the charts. And finally, uh, the one that probably will never go away until the man retires. Is there any update on Sid the Kid going to the Mile High City? I don't see this happening anytime soon. I don't see it happening this year. Look, when you have a guy of that caliber, even though he's you know getting injured a little bit more and, and he hasn't played a ton this year, Sidney Crosby is synonymous with Pittsburgh and you don't get rid of those guys. You hang on to them as long as humanly possible. Even if the team is not trending in the right direction, you give up other people unless he goes to the front office and says, I want out. If that happens, then all bets are off, but I don't see that happening. You know, he spent his entire career there. His family is there. He's won Stanley Cups. Like what it, there would be no need for him to say I want to move if he hadn't won a Stanley Cup. He might be getting a Ray Bork situation on your hands. But he's done everything he needs to do. So I don't see him going to the front office saying deal me. And I don't see Pittsburgh wanting to deal him just to to get some assets and draft capital which would benefit them. I think they'd give up other players on the team. He means too much to that franchise and too much to that That city. And and yeah, him and McKinnon are best friends. And that's why you will hear about this until he has a press conference saying I'm retiring. Uh, But now you have this new wrinkle of there might be new ownership. What does that do to this whole thing? So definitely something to pay attention to. And like I answered this person, I said, I have learned to never say never. So I'm not going to say never. I'm just going to say unlikely, even if Pittsburgh is, is not in there. They're kind of going in the wrong direction, I believe. Last time I checked, but I just, I, it doesn't make sense. Uh, the only thing that makes sense is for him to want to go to Colorado because he's good friends with Nathan McKinnon. That makes sense. But the logistics of why you would give up someone who is the face of that city, one of the sports athletes that are the face of that city and the league, and you have that guy on your team, you don't give up guys like that. So I, I don't see it happening. But again, another thing to keep an eye on. Sure. Sure. Why not? I'd I'd bring them in. No problem. Uh, But let me know. What do you guys think? Locked on avalanche at gmail.com or find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram and hit me up. All right. betonline.ag, It's Thanksgiving and we know what that means. We got some football to watch and nothing goes better with football, then turkey and betting. Bet online has you covered all holiday season. More prop bets, more odds and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our the new updated desktop and mobile device websites to sign up, and you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with a promo code called uh, which is locked on. Yeah, it's called locked on. Uh, When you enter that code, you will get your bonus of 50%. And it's not just football. BetOnline has pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all of your favorite sports. And we are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving at BetOnline.ag. Big game coming up for the Avalanche against the Anaheim Ducks. Anaheim is that that team that you fear early on because they are for the rest of the league they're overachieving. Don't tell them that they are right where they should be when you ask them. And for the Avs, this is your your first test in a while. You know, pretty much since Columbus, who's you know middle of the pack in terms of standings. But this streak that you're on is against teams that you should be beating. Seattle, Vancouver, twice, uh, San Jose. you know you' you're you're beating teams that you should beat. And should you beat Anaheim? Well, you're on home ice, so right off the bat, you know're you, you're, you're the you're gonna be the favorite because of that. But Anaheim, these upstart teams, <laughs> these teams that no, nobody expected to do much. But quietly, and in, in, in their locker room, they can't wait to get going because they feel like they have something special. And look what they're doing. Uh, let me get—I got the record up for the—they're they, they're a streaky team because let's see, going back to not the very beginning of the season, a couple of games into the season, they lost six in a row, and you might have been thinking then like. Yeah, that's well. That's the Anaheim Ducks. They're not expected to do much, but they followed that up with eight wins in a row. So, you know, yin and yang right there. But now they have followed that up with two straight losses. So they are going to be on the move against the Avs because they don't want to get in these these streaky situations, um, and they especially they want to stop the bleeding as quick as possible. They don't want to go to three straight losses. Um, let me bring up, I want to bring up the rest of their schedule real quick to see because the last two games have been... No, I'm sorry. Uh, so they lost to Carolina 2-1. to one. That was at home. <clears throat> and then they lost on the road in Nashville. So this is their second game on the road in Colorado. And then they go home for two more against Ottawa and Toronto. Either way they want to get back in the win column as quickly as possible. So you're going to see a a flying team in the Anaheim Ducks. And for the abs, like I said, this is your first real test in some time. So people are impressed with your five game win streak and the amount of goals that you're scoring. That's on one side, maybe on the other side, they're not so impressed with your opponents. So, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a fight for the Az, but they're, they're playing very well. Anaheim is playing very well. So I think this is going to be a good – it could go either way. I, I don't know. This could be a a, a goalie battle, you know, because uh, John Gibson is playing fantastic this season, a point nine two five save percentage right now in the season for Gibson, uh, nine wins on the year. Their What's their power play is fifth in the league – at just a tick under twenty six percent, and their penalty kill is tied for eighth at just under eighty six percent. So your power play and penalty kill are both top ten. That's the sign of a, a good team, a steady team. So and and um, who is it? Uh, uh, Troy Terry is is a revelation for the, this year for them. So definitely somebody to watch on the ice. I'm kind of excited to watch him play. I've only really seen the highlights of the Ducks games, um, but I am kind of want to see what the buzz is about right now with, with Troy Terry and watch him over the course of a full game. It's going to be a fight. I don't expect this to be a blowout. Maybe these, these streak of avalanche games where they're scoring a lot of points maybe comes to an end here. This might be a 2-1 a to one or 3-2 to dogfight for the abs like they were in with ottawa that was a high scoring dogfight. this might be a low scoring one uh, but kemper's got to be on his game and a lot of people you know were critical of him in the last game and that's understandable but you also have to let him follow that up watch the tape see what he did wrong and give him the opportunity to correct it and i definitely think darcy kemper can do that because he's been playing well so uh this is gonna be an exciting game i think it's gonna be a really fun game to watch and let's hope the Avs can extend this to six games because right now, you know, they have three games in hand with every single team that is above them in the standings, and they are right there with them. Um, I know Nashville is right above them. Let me get them up right here. Uh, Nashville is two points above them, the Winnipeg Jets are three, as are the St. Louis Blues, and the Minnesota Wild are four points ahead of them. They've all played 18 games, while the ABS have played 15. So the ABS are sitting pretty right now, because if they, let's say, they get up to those 18 games and win those three, they are in first place. So uh, this is going to be an enjoyable ride, but one at a time. And now you got to go up against a tough Anaheim game. Let's get to six. All right, everybody, that is going to be it for today. Thank you for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. Definitely check out Locked On NHL and make that your second listen of the day. Catch up on everything going on around the league. It's always appreciated everybody. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow after the Anaheim ABS game. Go ABS, go!